This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Alice Dempster and welcome to episode five of How Far We've Come, our six-part podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. They're keen to help Aussies make the most of their financial independence and that means helping you to learn about your finances so the decisions you make today mean you're investing in your future. Last week, we looked at the Family Act and no-fault divorce, which was a hallmark of women's liberation in the 1970s. By the 80s, women could get a divorce, but they were often being knocked back from jobs and access to finance. So the government introduced a new law known as the Sex Discrimination Act. It helped to level the playing field by making it illegal to discriminate on the basis of sex, marital status and pregnancy. And for many women, it was the first time they could do things like get a credit card without a male signee. We'll talk more about that shortly, but first, let's get into the context. Getting fired from a job or let go or managed out... It's not a good feeling, but when it's because you're a woman and you've just given birth, well, it's illegal. Former newsreader Tracy Spicer was involved in a high-profile dispute with her former employer, Network 10, after she returned from maternity leave. So when I became pregnant with my first child, uh, I knew the writing would be on the wall for me. There were very few newsreaders who had children back in those days because you had to be seen in this, you know, sexy role, which was ridiculous. You know, they tried to put me behind Mm. the scenes to demote me. And I said, no, what you're trying to do is illegal and immoral and I will take you to court. Spicer did manage to hold on to her job until she had a second child and they let her go. She threatened to take the case to the federal court and eventually reached a settlement with the network. But if there is any silver lining to this, it's that action can be taken. Because almost 40 years ago, discrimination and sexual harassment at work weren't considered illegal. That all changed with the Sex Discrimination Act of 1984. So let's rewind and take a look at how it came about. The 1980s in Australia, a time when the mullet haircut was king and every backyard had a hills hoist clothesline. It was the era of Kylie Minogue in Neighbours and Cold Chisel and In Excess were at the top of the charts. And while all of that sounds pretty great, it was still a time when women couldn't get a checkbook without their husband's permission, even if they were the sole earner. Women were more educated, they had more control over their relationships and reproductive systems than ever before, yet there was still a big gap between what women and men could achieve. You'll know by now I love an example, so let me tell you about commercial pilot Deborah Laurie. Deborah was knocked back after several applications and interviews for a job at the airline Ansett in the 1970s. They claimed that strength was an issue. Uh, They claimed that just by virtue of being female and having times once a month where you apparently go crazy and can't do anything, um, that was going to be an issue. And that I would apparently have 
many children and uh, be a financial burden on the company. To top it off, Deborah was also told that the hoop earrings she wore to the job interview with Ansett could prevent her from escaping from an aircraft in the case of an accident. But after an extensive legal battle, Laurie won the case and she was subsequently hired by Ansett. She was the first woman to be employed as a pilot at a major airline and in 2020 she became the world's oldest female pilot and not once have her earrings gotten caught. But taking workplace issues to court wasn't an option for many women and this brings us to the late former Labor Senator Susan Ryan. Here she is describing her experience in the workforce. Um, and I thought, oh, God, I'm married now, you know, it's the end of my life. Because you couldn't get a job. I, I'd been interested in journalism. You know, I went round to a few newspapers and they just laughed at me when I said I was married. So teaching in a Catholic school was one of the few jobs that a BA without any training could get because I was a woman and I felt very angry about that. That anger turned out to be a pretty good motivator because Ryan decided that she would enter politics. She ran for election under the slogan, A Woman's Place is in the Senate. She won that election and went on to become the first woman to hold a cabinet post in a federal Labor government. And then in 1984, Ryan drafted a bill that prohibited discrimination based on gender when it came to employment, pay, things like studying, buying property and accessing services like banking and insurance. And for the first time in Australia, it made sexual harassment illegal. Getting the bill through wasn't smooth sailing. Reverend Fred Nile, a New South Wales MP, held a rally called Stop the Ryan Juggernaut. We found photos from that rally which show signs saying things like sex bill castrates men and man or woman, not unisex. Ryan became known as the feminist dictator. Full-page newspaper ads were taken out against the bill. Talkback radio was full of critics and those who opposed the bill said it would destroy the family, the economy, and it was also a communist plot. But the critics failed to stop the bill and the act was passed. It helped to redefine the role of women in Australia. And what was so radical about it for decades, if not you know, centuries, we had it'd been perfectly okay in this country to, you know, to advertise a job and say, well, only men need apply. It was perfectly legal to discriminate against women in terms of pay. And although we still have an equal pay problem in this country, um, at least we know that it's against the law and we should be doing something about it. It's not something we just accept as, as normal and inevitable. That was Anne Summers, the Australian writer and feminist. Australia was actually one of the first countries in the world to introduce such legislation. And since 1984, the Sex Discrimination Act has been amended to cover sexual orientation, gender identity, intersex status, pregnancy, breastfeeding and marital status. But in recent years, it's faced growing controversy, particularly when it comes to things like exemptions. Just before we get into where we are now, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few weeks, you'll know that we partnered with NGS Super for this series. And just a quick message from them. 
The Sex Discrimination Act was another big step towards social and financial empowerment for Aussie women. It meant that when it comes to financial tools and resources, like access to credit institutions, women couldn't be discriminated against because of their gender. But making the most of your options also means learning about and understanding your finances. NGS Super has a ton of resources available. They'll also help you to understand the small changes you can make today that will deliver big benefits tomorrow. There's been big headlines about sexism and sexual harassment in the workplace in recent years. You might remember Christine Holgate, who was forced to resign as CEO of Australia Post after she gifted luxury watches to senior executives. She claimed that gender played a role in her treatment and the resulting fallout. I never knew how ugly events could become. But I soon found out when I was depicted as a prostitute leaving Scott Morrison's bedroom. And I will be honest with you, this was become the lowest point in my career. Not just because it was a cartoon here, because it was a cartoon that my boys saw home in England. I often reflect, if what happened to me could happen to me, what happens to so many others who aren't on a platform? Nobody should be bullied or made to feel unsafe in their workplace. But sadly, it's not an uncommon experience. 40% of Aussie women have reported being harassed at work. That number comes from the Respect at Work report, which the Liberal government commissioned following the Me Too allegations. It was released in 2020 and it made a total of 55 recommendations to help tackle the issue. Now, I'd been a sexual harassment specialist lawyer for 25 years, but what hit me hardest was hearing the extent to which people's lives were being ruined by sexual harassment despite the laws we had. I believe as a society we'd allowed the momentum to build up over the 60s, 70s and 80s and then to slowly ebb away because the behaviours, well, it seemed they hadn't really changed much at all. That's former Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins. She's the author of the report. Efforts are underway to implement those recommendations, with the first legislative changes included employers being required to take proactive steps that aim to eliminate sexual harassment. The other big topic of discussion around the Sex Discrimination Act today is the exemptions that allow religious organisations to discriminate against people based on their gender identity or sexuality. In particular, we're talking about religious schools. They're able to expel or sack LGBTQ students, teachers and staff. The Albanese government is conducting a review of the Act and as it currently stands, they're considering options to remove those exemptions. So expect lots of debate and discussion to come. Things have come a long way in 40 years, but there's still more progress to be made. The Sex Discrimination Act paved the way for other big pieces of legislation, like Australia's National Paid Parental Leave Scheme. We'll talk more about that in our next episode of How Far We've Come. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. 
please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you.